This is Pete Moore here on Halo Talks NYC. I'm here with Keith Nowak, the founder of 10,000 Apparel, which you are going to hear about soon if you don't know about it already. Um, a fellow soccer player, so uh, always nice to have another athlete in the room and a retired one as well, so you don't make me feel jealous. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, his experiences as, a, uh, as an athlete, then as an investor, uh, as a founder of the business, and then also really focus here today on you know, managing a company that you've got angel investors and strategic investors, how you communicate with them, how you keep them up to date uh, on what's going on, the good, the bad, and the, and, and the exciting and the ugly, uh, and the benefits of that, and, and kind of talk about some of your your war stories and your successes and know that, that this is a roller coaster that you signed up for. for. So, so welcome to the show and why don't you give your background and, uh, you know, tell us who you are and, and then we'll, uh, we'll take it from there. Great. Well, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Um, this is very cool. So I guess start the beginning really briefly, um, grew up in New Jersey playing soccer very seriously. So kind of that point, all my life, as long as I can remember, I've been into athletics, fitness, health and wellness, uh, played very seriously um, growing up. Um, my first goal was to be uh, a professional soccer player in Europe. Um, that's where the best were. My mother mm. was born in Italy, so I kind of had an affinity for, for Italy. And so in my... Um, in high school, I got a chance to go play with some teams from the States to go to go there. And I started asking around and got hooked up with a guy who put me in touch with a few teams um, for trials during my uh, the winter break of my senior year. And ended up getting picked by a couple of those teams and played professionally for a year after high school in Italy um, before, before going to college. The goal was to kind of make it at, uh, at that level and higher, ideally, um, but uh, didn't turn out exactly the way I had. What I had position hoped. were you? But outside midfield, sort of winger back in the, in the old uh, four four two formation days. Yeah, sure, sure. Now they got all kinds of crazy formations that they that they play. Yeah. Um, I always I always like when I had a striker and, and a uh, and a sweeper, so I had a little more on the defensive side. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I like the back to back heavy uh, formations for sure. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was an amazing time in my life. You know, I learned a lot. I was eighteen years old when I went out there. You know, and so. Um, I uh, just learned a ton. Uh, it was my, my, my friends, sort of say, my life peaked at 18 years old. It's been downhill since because <laughs> I was, uh, again, paid to play a sport. And uh, they covered my car, my apartment, all of the food. Uh, my girlfriend didn't speak any English. It was fantastic. And so um, it, it was awesome. But uh, ended up coming back and going to school. Went to Boston University, studied philosophy. Did you, were you still able to play there after you, you know, played You know, I was just Italy? so burnt out after that. Uh-huh. I didn't, I've been playing since I was, you know, five, six, seven years old. Like, it was yeah. just... I was done, you know. That actually kind of ties into my the future of my story as well, in the sense of during college I did nothing. I didn't train at all. I didn't work out. I didn't. I wasn't fit at all. I just kind of sat around and hung out and did college stuff. Um, uh-huh. After school, I launched my first company. Um, just kind of got right into it. I always had this this this, this uh, I don't know feeling that I wanted to build something. Um, and so I built my first my first business right after college in the tech space, digital marketing. Actually, um, the business was doing all right, but kind of going sideways a couple of years after school. And I was real depressed and kind of just like, you know, you think you're going to launch a company and be like this great entrepreneur and you're going to crush it and everyone's going to be super successful. And sometimes it's, it's not a straight shot, right? Yep. And uh, my father has been a runner his whole life. Um, and I was home one weekend. He was like, why are you so depressed? I'm like, because my company sucks and this, that, and the other. And he's like, you got to get your endorphins going again. You got to start training again. And I was like, you know, I don't want to train. Like, I pl- I'm an athlete. I play sports. I don't want to like, just run for the sake of it, right? He convinced me. I signed up for a half marathon. Uh, long story short, that turned into multiple half marathons, turned into marathons, turned into Ironman triathlons. So last, nice. last 10 years, it's been kind of an endurance-focused um, lifestyle, really. And so just got really addicted to that lifestyle of, of progression, running two miles and five and 10 and whatever. Um, 
and so, yeah, I mean, just a long way of saying, again, like just been kind of involved in fitness my whole life. Um, and then uh, professionally, um, you know, after building that company, I did a couple others. Some were successful here and there, nothing really, again, uh, taken off, but learned a lot of lessons the hard way. Uh, and then got hooked up with um, uh, an individual angel investor who was a, a limited partner, an LP, in a bunch of VC funds. He wants someone to kind of come in and... Uh, uh, lead his his personal angel investing. Someone mm-hmm. who had a bit of a network in the entrepreneurial world. I met him through a connection. I uh, got hooked up there. I didn't know the first thing about being an investor, but just kind of ran but around. You, but you knew enough about being, being I knew, an entrepreneur, I, knew it made a, I, guess, I knew it made right? a good company, right? Yeah, I knew, I knew yeah. it made a good team. I knew what kind of the pieces there. And I was I was running his seed and series A investing. So very, very early stuff. Yeah. Um, so when, when you were going back to, just going back yeah, for a second sure. on your, uh, you know, your entrepreneurial, um, you know, endeavors and mm-hmm. the, you know, things... Uh, you weren't going according to plan and right. not, not everything's a hockey stick. Yep. Um, I, I've, I've run a couple of companies and, uh, at one point I was like so depressed and I was like, Holy shit. Like, what am I going to do? And, dark and days, I, man. yeah. And then you, then you go out, you know, and I started to not go to dinners with, mm-hmm. with friends or with yeah. other groups because yeah. yeah, I know I was, I was always like the, the top athlete and the right. intramural guy and the president of fraternity. And I'm like, shit, I'm going to go to this dinner and totally, I'm going to, I'm going to lie about like, Someone's going to be like, how's your company doing? I'm going to be like, dude, it's awesome. Like, we're crushing it. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to lie about it. Yeah. And I also yeah, yeah, don't yeah. know if I really want to go and tell the truth it's because, tough, like, man. I have, like, this image of, like, of Pete Moore doesn't fail. And yeah. you're probably like, Keith, no, I, like, I don't no, fail. Absolutely, right? man. So, no, look, it was, it was really funny you bring that up. It's, it's um, There was some tough times in those early years, man. And not to get too sentimental, but I met my wife in college. Um, we've been together since freshman year of school. So we've been together for, like, 15 years. Um, but we didn't get married until much, much later because, like, Honestly, I didn't have the means to 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 buy the ring and do all that stuff yeah. because I was grinding it out as an entrepreneur. And, and and when you don't sell a company, it's not a very lucrative business as an entrepreneur. It's tough, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I used to say, uh, you know, the first and the fifteenth of, of each month were like the hardest days of my life because <laughs> totally. I got to figure out how the fuck I'm going to make payroll. Yeah, all right. If, I don't, if that check doesn't come in the mail, that wire doesn't come in. You know, yeah, back totally. in the day. So run this software company where it's just like checks coming in or not, you yeah, know, like yeah, wait yeah. for the mailman to like literally show up. You know, and that that's that really colored kind of how I built 10,000, honestly, because I really wanted to build a company um, that was independently strong. So you focus on profitability and th- not just raising more venture capital down, you know, mm-hmm. every every 12 months or whatever, because that's how I did the first few times. And it's a stressful way to grow. Um, you can grow fast, but there's also a lot of like pressure on you and just sort of like expectations. Um and so, yeah, I mean, not to sugarcoat it, like it was, it was those tough days, man. I mean, really times where I thought like, why bother? Like, why am I doing all this shit? This is completely not yeah. worth it. Um, but something inside you keeps you going. Um, you know, maybe it's a vision, maybe it's stupidity. I don't know what to call it, but yeah. it uh, didn't let me quit. Well, I think the one, uh, the one thing that, that they definitely did not teach in, at, when I went to Emory or when went to business school they don't teach anybody like this is how you fail. This yeah. is how you handle it. This is how you wind something down. Like there's totally. no class on that, right? Not at all. And there's also no we bring it up this morning, but there's no like entrepreneurial therapy yeah. class yeah, that yeah, I can yeah. go to like once a month or once a week and be like, hey guys, am I completely insane right, or is everyone else fucking insane you, here also? You, 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 you can't know? confide in your employees, right? Because they gotta see this, no, this picture of strength, weakness, right? right? Yeah, you can't yeah. confide in your wife because you're like, eh, things are great. Don't worry about the money. It's fine, yeah. right? <laughs> you can't confide in your in your friends because they think you know it's 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 very lonely being an yeah. entrepreneur being a founder uh, is very very lonely and and not people will talk about it but it is yeah yeah well i think that's something when they talk about like you know everything related to people's stress and mental health and you know they feel like that's like yeah. okay that's the masses and like these people that are running companies and that have like a c-level position right. an entrepreneur they feel like somehow we're 
like bulletproof or something mm-hmm. to that and yeah. it doesn't affect us but yeah. Yeah. i think the emotional swings and also i think the pressure to grow is like so extreme especially today man yeah i used to work at chase manhattan bank and, yeah. and i used to like uh i was an analyst so i'd sit there on the uh, on the excel and there would be like a vp that was right. standing behind me like all right man grow revenue 30 percent cut out cost 20 yeah. percent like run that model out put the formulas in and bam you know we got this company i'm like and then i ran a software company i'm like dude yeah. we can't grow at 30 percent. <laughs> like i don't have enough people i don't yeah, have enough yeah, money yeah, yeah. like this cost the sales cycles like Six months if I'm lucky, you know? So it's like, okay, this is like what you guys think happens. And like, this is like the the real world, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, the, uh, yeah, especially today also with like all the blogs about like this entrepreneur in in the press. I I think that everyone paints with a very rosy, rosy picture, right? Like like everybody's highlight reel, Everyone crushes it. Like everyone, everyone's always crushing it, right? There's no one who's (laughs) like, yeah, man, shit just sucks right now. And no one ever says that. And uh, to your point, like I really stopped kind of hanging out with people back, you know, during those times. I was just like, I don't want to A, deal with this BS. Also my, my friends time were like in finance and everyone's like, they're, they're crushing it too. Everyone, everyone's like phenomenal, right? I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, am I like this, the one dark spot on the planet? It's nuts. Yeah, yeah I, un, I unplugged. And as an yeah. athlete, you got like, like you, you're in it to win it like every yeah, day. Man, and you're I, like leaving totally. it on the field. And you're trying to leave it on the field I, as an entrepreneur. It's I like, feel like the, the, my, comp- my competitive side is my biggest strength and also my, my biggest weakness, honestly. Yeah. Like I, I will a fight to the damn death, but I also don't know when to quit sometimes too, you yeah. know, which, which can be, can be a good thing. But also I think you need to learn about yourself, how you deal with those moments when you're like quitting is actually, you know, the move. Yeah. So I'm showing Keith here. This, this is a copy of our calendar. So I was oh, helping cool. a buddy of mine sell his company a couple of years ago and he used to play soccer with me. He's oh, cool. got John Walper. Yeah. And, uh, he was trying to sell his business. He had a bad partnership. Company wasn't doing well. And he's like, bro, every day I feel like I'm losing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, let's take a calendar and let's see if you win any day, just subjectively. <laughs> so yeah. we made up these calendars oh, where I you still, basically I'm, do a win loss oh, really cool. every day. Cause people think like they go into the business world and you're, you're what are you going to be 30 and oh, like it's not, right. that's not, not going to happen. Right. No. So, I mean, so we've been, so we got about a couple of thousands of these out that's there. That's really cool, man. Yeah. I like so that. that's, that's I mean, for I got you. A lot, of, a lot of intraday and interday losses in ones too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Noon was a good hour, but then 2 PM sucked, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? So, so, so as you, you know, went through that on the entrepreneurial side and, and ran these companies and, and understand, you know, like the volatility yep. of it, it's like a stock, it's or like a Bitcoin, you know, like this, I'm going up and right. down, like, it's you know, I'm being traded, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. But, um, you know, how did that help you when you, when you started working for this guy that you're talking about to yep. like assess a team, totally. assess an individual, determine whether that person is as insane as you were and is going to go run through walls, but also maybe like somebody you could talk to and say, Hey, look, I'm here to help you. I'm not here to pressure you, but like we're trying to build something. It's not like building a house of cards. For sure. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm not the smartest guy in the room by far. Like I, you might be in this room. There's only four fucking people in here, bro. (laughs) (laughs) But my point though is like, I got really good at that. reading people and, and understand the sort of software side of building a business, if yeah. you know, right? Like, like that, that, that personality trait that you need to see in somebody to know, is this all fluff? Is this something you're just gonna be like, this is cool. I want to be an entrepreneur. It's as fun. It's as sexy. It's as exciting. Or are you can be the guy who, when shit's going sideways, you know, you're going to grind it out and you're going to work a million hours a day. Um, but have the, also that, that sense of resilience to, to, to deal with all the downsides and, and, and stress. And I think that really drove me to find a pick the companies that we worked on. You know, obviously some of them were just like, obviously winners, right? There's some great business that just kind of take off and Godspeed and, and they're awesome. But there's a bunch of companies that we invested in that, that out of the gates are like, you know, a toss up. It was like, yeah, this could be good or it could be bad. Right. And, you know, uh, honestly, the trend that I always saw was like that person at the helm, the team at the helm 
really was the deciding factor. Yeah. Honestly, you know, it, it's it's a cliche to say that like resilience or or, or, or per- perseverance is 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 the key trait that matters in entrepreneurship, but it truly, honestly, is. You know, uh, even for the, even for the guys who just kind of get it all to kind of line up, there's that moment when you got to look at yourself in the mirror and say like why am I doing this? Right. And, right. And, and every dude that we backed or woman as well that we worked, we worked with, um, the ones that won or the dude, well, you know, had that piece of them that you could see in their eyes that like, there's something off about you, but I believe that this thing is going <laughs> to, you know, work. Right. I've always found that the, the people that start companies, I, I went to this panel with, with Stacy, uh, where was that? Two weeks ago. Yeah. So else. And they had like five entrepreneurs on a panel and every one of the entrepreneurs talked about how the business started because they had a personal frustration totally. that they were trying to figure out how to solve. Absolutely. So basically they were the customer trying to solve their own problem. And yes. then they knew that there were enough people like them yes. that they could help. So as you look at these companies and you were assessing, you know, where these people came from, like we got people coming in here all the time to be like, I'm going to be the next soul cycle, but it's going to be refrigerated biking. You yeah. Know? Right. I'm like, and like, what, what, what right do you have? Right. Yeah. Well, what do you know that, yeah. that we don't know that, right. that they, they, they talk a lot about like, like, you know, product market fit. Like does this, does your product solve a need in a the market? But there's also right. a term like founder market fit, right? Does the founder of the business connect with the product and the market they're in? Um, I think for me, you know, I did a couple companies early in my career that was not a fit at all. Like I was thinking like, here's a cool idea and conceptually it makes sense. But like, A, I didn't give a shit about it. And B, right. like, I didn't know, I didn't have that, that, that muscle memory, that feeling, that intuition to, to run the business. And, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of companies that we backed, you know, certainly had those people at the helm who like came from that space or had a unique insight or had something about them specifically that, that lent itself to, to that business. And then, uh, you know, for 10,000, that's kind of for me as well, why I launched the company. It really is the intersection of like my personal passion and experience and professional experience. And, you know, not sound too cheesy, but like, it is like my reason for being this company comes from my core. And what, what, where'd you get, where, why is it called 10,000? It, it's, it's 10,000 represents that, that repetition and commitment to be great, whether it's 10,000 hours, 10,000 reps, 10,000 oh, okay. miles, you know, like that sense of yeah, doing 10, something. 10,000 hours to become an expert on right, anything. Right, to do something great, you gotta do it a lot, right? That, yeah. kind, of, that kind of idea. And um, yeah, and that, that's, I think that's, that, that touches on more than just fitness stuff too. It touches yeah. on life and, and business and everything else. Yeah, I was talking to my uh, my 11-year-old nephew. I don't know if he's listening right now. I cursed <laughs> a couple of times. Hopefully he's not. Um, but uh, but he was all he was all upset with himself because he missed, like, he went, like, I don't know, two for six from the floor. He's okay. 11, yeah. right, and playing basketball. Right. He's like, man, I don't just Maybe I'm just not good at this. I'm like, I told him, like, look, it takes you 10,000 hours to become an expert in anything. So we did the math, and I was, like, on a napkin at this restaurant. I'm taking him through. I'm like, okay, when did you start playing basketball? He's like, when I was, like, eight. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, you're like 350 right. hours. You got a long way to go. <laughs> 10,000. Like, you're not supposed to make many of these right. shots. Like, calm yeah. down. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's important, though, also to, to approach life with that sense of patience. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people today don't have that. It's just like, it needs to be done yesterday. Um, and I think that's sort of part part of what we're thinking about here too in the company is like growth and success is, you know, it, it takes time. You know, yeah. there's actually a Voltaire quote out front when I was sitting there waiting to come in. And it's something I forget the exact number, but it's basically about like, like, like excellence takes time. It's like a patience, a patience game, you know? And, yeah. uh, I, think I, I used to be, I used to be a culprit of that. I used to say like, like we got to do this like next quarter. Now I, now I send you things and I'm like, all right, this is a 2020 idea. This is a yeah. 2021 idea. Yeah, I think yeah. you got to condition yourself. And also like, if you're doing a sprint, like it's not fun no. to sprint, right? It's it fun to like, I'm not a runner, but like, it's fun to do something like over a period of time and actually look around and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. soak up what you're doing versus yeah. like think that you're in a rush. That's why like I would never, 
run a public company. Like you got to yeah, work to like every quarter, it's every quarter, pressure. every day you're like marking to market. Like I don't want to mark myself right. to market. I want to like live. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. So, absolutely. So, so what team did you build and, and you, you I understand you took in some investors, you know, so how yeah. do you communicate with those people? how did you think about the team and how did you get those investors to back you yeah. when you didn't say like, I'm going to be the next Under Armour. I'm going to be the next Adidas. I'm yeah, like, totally. say, hey, look, I'm going to do this. And yeah. this is, I'm going to do it at my speed. Yeah, so I think it goes back to the point you made about building something that you're, you're connected to. Um, so we launched 10,000 for a very simple reason. It was really way too hard to find a great pair of workout shorts. Everything in the market is just like really low quality. Um, the, the incumbents build in very cost-constrained environments because they optimize for the wholesale margin, right? They sell through retailers as their main main channel. So they're just not building the best possible product. Things fall apart, start smelling after workouts, right? A few workouts, stuff like that. And then the buying experience online just is also pretty crappy where you're on you know Nike's site and there's 180 pairs of shorts and you're like, why is one 30 bucks? Why is one 90 bucks? Kind of a disaster. And so we were like, if we simplify this whole process down to three great shorts to kind of cover the spectrum of working out a lightweight version a versatile version and a durable heavyweight version we're going to cover like the broad base of how guys train make very very high quality products that's what we wanted you know so we built we built what we needed right. and and i don't come from the apparel world at all and so the first products came from just our our instinct and intuitions like what do we want as customers and that ties to your question because that's what we pitched in the early days you know like uh we were very fortunate that you know one of our, our uh, first partners um, one of my co-founders was able to finance the company out of the gates it got us some traction it got us some, some momentum um at least in building the first prototypes and first products but in the first round we did the first investors we pitched was all about that personal need that personal connection finding folks who believed what we believed saw our vision for the future and those guys that they used to train with guys that they used yeah. to race with what so a lot of the early people were people that I met in investing, really. Uh-huh. So uh, one, of, one of the first investors in the business was, was Dave Gilboa, founder of Rory Parker. We invested in his business. He became a friend. He was one of the first investors in the company. Pitched, you know, he's an athlete. He got the vision, got the product concept, um, believed in what we were building, kind of went from there. And then that kind of grew. And a lot of friends and family, a lot of folks who were operators and entrepreneurs came in in those early days. Um, and then we were able to kind of get some traction and through that traction kind of build a better story and with, with, with actual numbers and, and mm-hmm. growth. And we're actually closing on um, around right now. Uh, and I was saying to my co-founder yesterday, like we set out to do a very small round and we're oversubscribed by 3X on it right now in just like a few weeks. And the business took a pretty big turn, uh, you know, for, for the good in the last six to nine months and mm-hmm. hit an inflection point. And we were laughing. It's like, Remembering back to the early days of pitching, like how hard it was, how many people we had to pitch to really get a one check. Sure. And now it's like been a lot easier, knock on wood. It's like amazing how once a business does well, it's just like, here's yeah, my number. Like, yeah, <laughs> and things kind of grow. But 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 it took a long time to get there. You know, it took us four years since we had the first idea to be here today. Mm-hmm. Um and and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into that. So as you solicit those uh those investors and then they you know, probably some of them call some of your prior investors. Yeah. You know, what, what do you think your prior investors are saying about you guys? And you've been around for four years, which, you know, is great from like a incubation standpoint and like doing things right and learning. I, I always tell people like, you know, your friends and family around is basically your friends and family giving you money to do an experiment. Mm-hmm. If the experiment works, then you get a series A to do yeah. the next experiment. And, yep. and B is, and kind of people lost sight of like, oh, I'm doing ABC. Yeah. It's like, no, you're doing an experiment. If that works, then totally. you get more money, right? Totally. So, you know, being around for four years, you know, obviously that that's a, that's a, to me, that's a great amount of time to mm-hmm. actually like know what you're doing and figure yeah. it out. Um, when, when some of these other investors have come in and, and, and 
you know, do a reference check on you. What do you think they say? Or do you yeah. know what they say? Yeah. You know, why should I back these guys? Yeah. So just to clarify, uh, four years since, since inception, since, since concept. So right. one year to build the first product and we launched in early 2016, basically. So like three years of business. Okay. Um, I'll tell you a long story about how our first year in business was actually kind of a really crappy year in business. We were out of stock most of that time. But to answer your question directly, um, you know, one, I think, again, it's that personal connection. Um, like another one of our big investors, a guy named Brian Spaley, launched Bonobos and Trump Club, very successful guy. He's been a great um, uh, supporter and great believer in us. Um, and then he's also been told a lot of folks also to invest in the company along the way. Yeah. And I think he references a lot is just like my personal background as an Ironman, as an entrepreneur, kind of like that just personal uh, professional integration that, that who we are as people. And then on, honestly, like one of the, our biggest strengths in the business is we're scrappy as hell. You know, we've raised very little capital to get here. Uh-huh. Um, we've gone a very long way with that money. Um, we're very focused on profitability, unit economic positive stuff. And so that I think today, especially in this day and age of like overfunding and kind of like a, a, a feeding frenzy with investors, like it's a, it's a bright spot to have a business that's focused on actually building a healthy company along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's another thing I think that, uh, our, our current team is, is supportive of and, 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 um, respects and appreciates our focus on it. And what are you doing with your, your past investors? Are you doing, uh, do monthly updates, quarterly updates, yep. their portal? Do you, do you call them like when you feel like it, when so you I'd feel like, like it's comfortable? Yeah. So, uh, honestly, uh, for a, for a long time, I was really bad at it. Um, just, you know, you're consumed every day with just the day-to-day building and, mm-hmm. and, and the stress and the fires, um, you're putting out. But, you know, I, I, I realized myself, um, and, and I'm not sure if I can take credit for this entirely, this concept, but you know, the, the best companies, uh, there's a correlation between really good companies and and sharing a lot of information with your investors, right? O- open, transparent communication with your investors, whether it's correlation or causation, I don't know, but there's a connection there between between that and success. Um, and so that kind of just eventually like burrowed a big enough hole in my brain where I was like, I got to get better at this. And so for like basically all of 2018 or, or sorry, 2017, 2018, I did monthly updates, mm-hmm. um, but found it to be very time consuming and almost too granular, too too to um, reactionary, you know, to share information on. So now I do bi-monthly updates every two months. Um, I I put the two months together, do an update by email, uh, and then jump on phone calls with people who want to. But I break it down very simply. It's like an overview section. Like if it's, you know, you don't have time, like here's what we're doing, here's the highlights. Then I get into numbers, sort of month-to-month growth, year-over-year growth, things like that. And I get into a whole section on product, like product for the past two months and next products evolution mm-hmm. and then marketing and then team. So very simple breakdown, pretty formulaic right now. Um, I, I can kind of bang them out and, you know, an hour now every two months and keeps everyone in the loop. Um, and, uh, and I think it became a very good system for us. And uh, obviously it, it depends on the business and how you want to scale your communication, but that's been a format that's worked really well for us. Yeah. And, and some of the things that I've seen, and I've been on both sides of the table. So, um, you know, when I have investors, I try to over communicate to them because when right. I do need them, I don't want them totally. to think that I'm calling because I need Absolutely. money yeah. or I got a problem. I want them to think, I want them to pick up the phone, not knowing if they're getting good or bad news or like yeah. just want to check yeah, in totally. and shoot the shit with totally. them because they'll always take the call. Yes. And when I have bad news, they'll say, okay, well, I'm fine with the bad news. Cause I, cause I heard the good news last month or I, you know, mm-hmm. so I just, as For a sure. words of wisdom on the phone here is that over communicate with people that give you money. And then when you need their money, yeah. they'll probably be there for totally. you. Cause they, you know, part of this is like an investment. Part of it is, you know, they want, they want to see people around them succeed. So totally. they want yeah. to help, but, yeah. but they're also willing to, what I found is that you know, a lot of guys are willing to give you a bridge loan or, or just to help you because yeah. they know that you're, 
you're not necessarily doing what's average. You're doing what's over average mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. on the communication totally. side and the updates. Yeah, I think so. that's absolutely right. Look, at the end of the day, this is just it's, just, it's any, like any other relationship, right? Like you can look at it as a transaction. You can say, I'm going to take your money and I'm going to hopefully give you multiple on it in some period of time. Or you can look at it like a human being and be like, we're in business together. We're partners. And right. so if, you know, if I stop communicating to my co-founder, it would be a really crappy way to run a business. And I just think of our investors as like an extension of our, of our team. Um, and, and to your point, kind of overshare and just kind of make them feel part of the, part of the vision, part of the, part of the process. Because also a lot of the people who invest in, in, in 10,000 so far, both individual angels and, and institutional investors we have, have done it because of a personal passion. They believe in what we're doing from mm-hmm. a, from a, from a end use perspective. They're also athletes. They're also serious folks who train, um, and they just want to be in the mix. They just want to see what's going on and, uh, and and be part of it. And so, yeah, I think it's a matter of of, of just treating it like another relationship with a human. You know, yeah, exactly. as simple as that sounds. Human relationship. I like yeah. it. Um, one one of the things that I found that that you don't really see in many other industries is that. Um, you know, with the proliferation of all these new brands and, and exciting mm-hmm. innovations and ideas, you know, whether it's apparel or whether it's technology yep. or whether it's fitness boutique studios or what have you, a lot of people want to be able to say that they're an investor in that mm-hmm. because they are passionate about them. Yeah, it's exactly. almost like a, you know, part of like a badge of like, yeah. not only do I work out at X, you know, but I'm an investor in X. And it used to be, totally. you know, like, oh, I own this stock or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, yes. I belong to this health, you know, country club. Now it's yes. like, yeah, I own part of that company. Yeah. It's like a big deal now. I think it's, we're, I think we're in a, we're in a, a really interesting time to build companies today, brands specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because that there's so many tools out there now that help you can build a brand quickly, like Shopify, in our case, like a back-end e-commerce system yeah. or, or, or Facebook ad manager, like the ads platform is super scalable. So all like the heavy lifting that had to happen like 10 or 12 years ago is like now just like table stakes. And then also the other part of that too is just the um, the knowledge and, and the, the awareness that people have about startups and brands and they has created this whole massive network of angel investors, right, mm-hmm. to your point. And, you know, now it's not just about going and pitching like these big, you know, fancy VC firms and trying to get this one partner to agree to your deal. Your your network of potential investors is massive now. Yeah. If you know how to play the game right, and I say play the game because in the end, it is a song and dance. You got to do a little, you know, dance like a monkey and convince people that you're cool or whatever. And it's part of it for sure. It's a sales pitch, but also it's like finding those those believers. And, you know, I, I encourage every entrepreneur I meet now who's like, hey, how do you raise money at this and the other? Like think about it as a much broader process now, not just like the typical VC or or private equity firm approach. It's like, you know, there's so many folks in the world who want to be part of things like you mentioned, and who now have the knowledge and the experience to be actually helpful investors along the way. Um, and so I think we've created a moment for like like uh, like a it's a golden age of building brands. You know, I think there's I think there's gonna be so many so many more great brands built over the next you know five, 10, 15 years. Everyone owning a slice of a market, being the best in the world at their at their thing. And that may not mean um, they're all gonna be billion dollar companies, but they all can be you know a hundred or two hundred million dollar companies. And you finance correctly, it's like home runs. You're gonna crush it, right? Um, so I think that's a really cool moment in time to to to, to be building companies now. Well, I think also um, you know if people have the desire to say, you know what, I'm going to build a company. It doesn't have to be a billion dollar company. I'm right. going to buy, you know, let's say, you know, 10,000 gets to 30, $50 million revenue business with 20, 30% yep. margins. You're yep. employing, 
you know, 50 people here and you're employing, you know, a couple hundred people where they're, they're producing the product. Like sometimes people come into companies and they look at it and say, Oh, what's your profitability? It's like, well, hold on a second. Yeah. Like I, in our portfolio of, of companies, there's like 150 people that are getting a paycheck. Totally. You know, like yeah. let's talk about that for a second. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And, and they're not putting a suit on and not, you know, doing something that, that, that right. they suck. Yeah. You know, I, think, I mean, like, feel like bad about. creating jobs, right. It's like a, it's like a buzzword, but like, I think creating like lifestyle also matters too, to your point, yeah. you know, like a lot of the guys that work with us right now came from very big companies, um, doing, you know, making a lot more money, frankly, than we can pay them right now, but we've given a chance to kind of be part of something cool and, 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 a, you know, flexibility around how they work, where they work. Like that's part of success too, right. Is being happy with your life, not just making a bunch of money. Um, and I think that's, uh, I think it's really important, and I think a broader way of looking at what makes makes a great company. Yeah, and I think also from a standpoint of bringing more and more capital into the space. So if you get it behind the right people, totally, and it can run a business that is profitable, and it's not just you know hoping that you know the the they, they win the game of musical chairs. Right, you know? exactly. You build a real business, and then our our initiative here is you know try and connect entrepreneurs with capital, and then once they have the capital, they come and they call us and they say, hey man. I need a CEO. I need a COO. Yeah. I need a CFO. Totally. I need a head of sales. I need director of marketing. I need a totally. You know, so now we got like ten more jobs where people can make a reasonable Absolutely. amount of money. Yeah. So that's kind of part of the whole halo effect that we're trying to uh, awesome. uh, yeah, create. Sure. And cool. uh, I'm glad we met now, so we can uh, yeah be part of the halo movement. Absolutely. And uh, it was Absolutely. great, great conversation. Hopefully, people got some nuggets of uh, of wisdom out of here and awesome. uh, buy a pair of shorts from 10,000. Yes. Buy Thanks some for shorts, being on. Please tell all your friends. A lot of shorts. <laughs> Global warming. Exactly. Short it up. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Thanks for coming on. Thank man. you so much. Appreciate, man. Really appreciate it. it. Thanks.